Ho, 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 and hello, and welcome to Cigars and Conversations, brought to you exclusively with Astro Radio Z and iTunes. I am your co-host, Jay Gilkay, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man is a fan of Christmas. He's a fan of, I think, many other holidays, right? Sure. We're just going to free flow this one okay. because this is the Christmas special. Oh, yes. What is your favorite holiday? Uh... I guess I don't have one. Ah, smoke uh, spoken like, like a true curmudgeon. I like seasons. Like what's your I favorite season? I will say season? fall is my favorite season. Oh, very nice. Yes. Crisp air. Yes, yes. That that that's perfect. I the uh, smell of wood burners in the air. I like um, I like summer. Yeah, okay, I get it. Summer can be tedious though. Well, I love the song from Meatballs. Are you ready for the summer? You know that song? Uh no. You ever seen Meatballs? No, I know. Isn't what? That, wasn't that a Bill Murray? Yes, you need but to see it. But then Meatballs 2 was with Sally Kellerman. And uh, the re- space re- alien, I think, was Meatballs 2, where he, uh, the kid says to him, Me Ted, what's your name? And he goes, Me Ted. He goes, your name's Meathead. And they call the alien Meathead for the rest of the movie. Okay. Don't see 2, see 1. Okay. And if you really want to get into it, and I don't know if you know this, I collect... I know you the, know. You know, the novelization forms of movies. I have the Meatballs novelization at my house. Oh, yes. I think you've dropped that little nugget. Maybe not online, not on the air. But, yeah. yeah but would. so I have, uh, I just got Red Heat with oh, Jim really? Belushi and uh, I had the, um, like the first three Halloween movie novelizations. Ooh, those are worth good money. Oh, really? oh yeah. I mean, they're long gone, but they were, I remember them being well written and fleshed out the story good. Um, the Friday the 13th novels are great. Really? Yeah, they're awesome. Um, and I mean, then do they give backstory? Or? There's uh, added stuff in the Friday Thirteenth. I believe it's part four. The book. Uh, Jason's dad is introduced. What's his so, name? It's like Ezekiah or oh, Ezra Voorhees, and he's digging the grave at the cemetery. It's that's crazy. But there's what happens is is the filmmakers give the books to, or they give the scripts to the original shooting script to the author and mm-hmm. then the author writes it with the original shooting script so a lot of times what you see on the screen is not what happens in the book okay because things change are you familiar with the movie pretty in pink yes um at the, i don't believe i ever saw it at the end from beginning to end i saw other brand, brand sure movies, but um but like molly ringwald is fighting between or not fighting between but it's like the two guys it's the blaine which is the rich guy and then ducky is the poor guy played by john crier from two and a half men sure uh, in the movie, she ends up going with Blaine, the rich guy, and then Ducky ends up getting picked up by some girls, some wealthy girls at the school. In the novelization, Molly Ringwald goes with Ducky. Okay. I know that means nothing, but I'm just saying it's like there's definite changes. In uh, the Bachman, uh, in The Running oh, Man, well, okay. no, in Running Man, Schwarzenegger flies the plane into the World Trade Center towers at the end. Okay. Yeah. Now, I now young Kyle, who has lives in a post nine eleven world, yes. To him, that's shocking. But to us, when that book came out, it's like, eh, so what? Yeah, seems about right. That seems about what you would do, as one does when they're terrorizing a country. Yes, we're not condoning flying any planes into the World Trade Center tower. Okay. Hey, uh, what, what do you say to that? This is what you say. <laughs> you say Merry Christmas to our listeners, and today we're going to be doing a special episode. Um, what's very special episode. It's a very special. Yes. There's going to be a lesson. There's good at the end. There'll be yes. We um, someone in uh, yeah Kyle. Something happens with Kyle in this episode. We don't know what. And then 
he has to talk it out at the end. But um, because it's the holidays, we thought it would be a great idea to do a, um, I don't know what you'd call this, almost kind of like director's commentary, simulcast. Um, sure. Any one of those type things. We're going to be watching WCCW's Christmas Star Wars from December 25th, 1985. And you had alluded to it in a past episode. Thanksgiving and Christmas were the two big holidays for um, wrestling. True. Two big holidays for wrestling because families were cooped up all day and they needed to get out at night or they'd kill each other. Yeah. So it was like those were your big nights where you'd gear for your big shows allegedly Terry Funk told Jerry Jarrett one time, I've got a great idea to make a million dollars in wrestling. Let's go out and pre-book all these buildings, and that way people will have to pay us to get the booking back from us. Oh, and Jerry nice. said, that's a stupid idea. Why would I alienate everybody right, by doing but that? It's funny. <laughs> I think that's great. Sure. I would do it. Okay, so go ahead, grab I, the knights. Yes, no. I mean, but there's I also I don't no, want that place. There's no centralized um, centralized night for wrestling anymore sure. because the traditions have all changed and such. So the other funny thing about this WCW Star Wars CCW WCCW, yes, yeah, sorry, is that they did it for many years for all different holidays. So they had done Thanksgiving, they'd done Christmas, they'd done Fourth of July. Right. Um, I know that it's almost as like almost like they would do a Star Wars show around some of the more major holidays. Um, I believe there was one for Arbor Day towards no, the end of the you're promotion. Lying, no. uh, these shows were interesting because they were first put in when the business was really accelerating and they were able to jump into these large size halls um, as opposed to you know sportatorium for 5,000 or your 5,000 to 8,000 person halls these were the double digit 16,000 21,000 people uh, so this was the first time that a relatively backyard regional type promotion was working at that scale Okay. Uh, the booker was Gary Hart that helped get them to that point, and he went in and arranged a separate booking deal with Fritz von Erich for the big shows to say, hey, some, you know, this is an extra effort. I need to be compensated beyond our original deal. So they worked out, long story short, they worked out a deal that later Fritz screwed Gary Hart on, surprise, which led to Hart leaving the promotion. That's what happens. Yeah. Uh, it's wrestling. Know, gave up the booking, which then went over to Ken Mantell, but Hart was brought back later. Ah, gotcha. Um, so this is where kind of uh, what the kids call nowadays, we're, uh, we're, we're going to blind box this. Do you know what that is? Or blind bag it? I'm guessing it's just what a professional wrestler does every night of their career. Yes. Well, uh, we are just we're going just to kind of go out and hit it on the first take. We're just going to go for it on this. So what we're going to do is because I've never actually watched Mark. any of these matches before. Yes. Um, I don't, I'm, maybe we've seen them in the past. I, it might have been one of those things where when it aired a long time ago, I just don't remember. I don't remember this vividly. Right. Um, so you're, you as a listener are going to be in for a treat because this is like w sitting down. I've I had the privilege of doing it before to sit down with Derek and have him uh, just talk about these matches. Uh, what I would like to point out as we begin here, Kyle has done a great job. He got us hot cocoa. Legit. Yes, he did. That's a shoot. Yes. Uh, hot, hot cocoa. He put a peppermint stick in mine. Uh, it was very nice. And, uh, a Christmas tree that hasn't gone down this year or the, yet since we started doing the podcast. But the lights weren't on it. But now the lights are on it. Yes. Um, I'm noticing lots of Star Wars paraphernalia around the room, but that has nothing to do with the, <laughs> the episode. When I was a kid, Star Wars paraphernalia would stand for something else. Yes. Well, 
you know what? I had lots of friends, Kyle, so I had Star Wars paraphernalia. So whatever he is saying, just don't listen to him. Um, and in honor of the new Star Wars, which, you know, the shit don't um, oh the uh nobody n- likes star wars better than you jay i don't know I, just, it's not even that i just want a coherent down. movie is all okay. i'm asking for okay. in these day and times uh please so anyhow so in honor of that we said let's do a christmas episode that has the word star wars in it and sure enough here's wccw christmas star wars what we're gonna do is we're gonna start up the video and i will tell you exactly where we are at the beginning of each match so if you want to sync it up at that point and you can go through it with us um kyle are we ready Kyle's ready, and uh, so he's pushing play, and now we're watching circles load on a screen. We're getting a commercial. For a second, I thought it was for uh, Ted Nugent uh, chicken nuggets, but it was Tyson Fun Nuggets. Isn't this like the whole uh, Wizard of Oz, Dark Side of the Moon thing that we're doing here? But we're not going to watch it back. Wait, no, yeah. I was going to say we watch it backwards. (laughs) Record the. Uh, I will say before we get started here, I will bet you that the ring work is sloppier than you remember. Um, with some of the names that are in this, yep. I would I would say yes. Um, and again, the varying levels of inebriation, and um, we'll see what happens. Um, this is on YouTube as WCCW Christmas Star Wars twelve twenty five eighty five Country Pride, all one word. That's the uh, um, person who put it up. And we are currently Actually, there's an extra T in there, so that's country. Oh, it's count 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 tree. C O U country C O U N T R T Y Pride. So not sure what he's published so proud in twenty fourteen. Published in twenty fourteen. There's already been seventy six thousand views of this. Let's see. Um we're gonna monitor the view cycle to make sure you're all doing this. All right. So Fair we're enough. at seventy six thousand four hundred eighty five. Um you guys better listen. Or watch, all right? We're gonna we're keeping an eye like Santa Claus. It's all yes. coming full circle. Uh-huh. We are at one second in. Right now, it's just paused at one second. So if you got this all set, you're set at one second. We're going to start going in three, two, one. We can get a little volume, too, just so we can. Mark Lawrence doing the announcement, now works in the, uh, I believe he's a minister. Is he really? Yeah. And no backlash yeah. for doing wrestling. I guess down there it was a big thing. No, no. And actually, I've really recently just gone through a spate of watching the old world class stuff, trying to figure out. Oh, Ralph Pulley, he's dead. Um, Who's he? Ralph Pulley is a ring announcer. I don't remember him for some reason. Um, no, he was around, ring announcer, referee, singer. Um, uh, what is this? What song is this? He died of the AIDS. Ah. Uh. So is anyway, this some Lee Greenwood singing, shit? I don't what know. What is this? Uh, I don't know. But recently, I've been going through a spate of uh Should we be standing up with our hats footage, off for this? Uh, because I've been wanting to, again, look at what the sportatorium looked like. Yes. There's very little footage. I mean, you see it in the, all the old tapes, but um, you know it's lit so you can see the ring and everything's back. So you want to see what the rest of the building looks like. So I've had to watch the Heroes of World Class. There's also that segment that's on YouTube of Kevin going through the old sportatorium. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, there's a really neat uh, film clip called Homer Henderson Plays the F- Sportatorium, where it appears to be a combination music and wrestling show with some local guy. I'm assuming Homer Henderson was known down there, like playing the national anthem at 
the Sportatorium, and Bill Mercer is doing commentary for the wrestling there, so he's there. But the way it's lit, there's only there can't be more than two hundred people. Really? At the you know, just sitting in like the first three rows and the person kind of pans around the building so you can kind of see how it looks. Showing you some exits. No strategies. Well, that's actually one thing I wonder about is like how fire right. safe was the was the sportatorium because it was rebuilt in what fifty four or whatever. I don't think um, I don't think a lot of these buildings were fire safe. Oh no, no. So I just you know it's not there anymore. So of course I you know wonder what it looked like as such an iconic building, and then. I always wonder, like, the first time you go there, it's like it's magical and it's da da Yeah, right. And then, especially being in wrestling, at what point do you go there and just like, oh, here's another building. Right. No, I know. Just another another shack. Yep. We talked right through him doing God Bless America. That's fine. Uh, we were at the two and a half minute mark and um, not going to lie, I'm already bored. No, just yes. kidding. Here we go. The Missing Link versus Jack Victory is up. Uh, oh, with the look music. at how far away that audience is from the ring. da da boom uh but where well this is a large size building so they can uh they don't have to be right up wearing the pink jack victory elvis type uh red sash or scarf missing link dewey robertson dewey robertson yes you know like 20 year career as a undercard baby face decides to shave his head and do this you ever read his book? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, messed up guy. Yeah, absolutely. And he's dead now, as a matter of yeah, fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, always liked the missing link. Uh, always thought it was strange why the missing link was on the cover of the wrestling album. Did you know he was on the cover? Uh, wasn't he? On, oh, yeah, he was on there with his wife, and they blurred his wife out or something like that. That's uh, one of those weird mysteries of wrestling to me. Why was the missing link on the cover? Because was he was he in WWF for a while? A short, a very quick stint. I can't remember oh, what yeah. he said in the book. Oh, yeah. He was in there. Um, uh, Heenan brought him in as a bounty hunter on Paul Orndorff, I think. Okay. Um, got to this quick earlier. I do enjoy watching old footage and judging how many people are still alive that are yeah. involved in a match. Bronco Luvich, uh No, he's passed. Is he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he died uh, before this match started. Look at him. That's not true. No, Bronco's deal was he he owned a piece of the office, so he was he was around. He reminds me of, um, but like washed his money was known for. Oh, I'm sure him and uh, was it him and Pafo, or who was his tag point? Can't remember who his tag partner was, but they were both uh, known for checking the stock market. The he time. reminds me of a. Um, oh, there is there is a little bit of confusion there. Yeah, uh, out of shape Walt Disney. Sure. I mean, that's just me. I think Aldo Bogni was his partner. Aldo, Ugh. however you pronounce those Italian names. Uh, Jack Victory, very much K&H. Thank you very much. Oh, that headbutt. I remember as a child thinking about the headbutt and thinking like, wow, he really must hurt his head a lot. But then you realize how safe oh, nice. it is. That was really nice. Yeah. Some good air. Um. I mean, it's like the one move in your repertoire, and you just kind of like hone in on it. We always thought there was a difference Ooh. to how he uh, situated his hair. So okay. He's grab like the back, of, like if he only grabs half, is it half a strong? You know, just sure. To summon his linkage powers, I guess. Uh, Gary Hart in his book tells a great story about carving the link up one backstage at the sportatorium one day. 
How so? Explain. Uh, Gary Hart always carried a razor blade in the cigarette case in his in his pocket. Okay. And blah blah blah. Link tried to jump him one time backstage, and Hart just pulled out the razor and started carving up till he quit. That's wild. Yeah. Was uh, Missing Link a, a liked character? Do you think? Do you feel like he uh, people liked him? Is I mean, you mean backstage? Yeah, or? I mean, I never heard anything bad about him. Uh, but he was always very weird. Um, he was known like like he was always messed up on something, or even he tried to live the good fight. He would like kayfabe smoking pot or whatever. Yeah. Um, worked his there. Gimmick. It is. Look at that. That's the end of the match. There it is. What did he even do? What was a headbutt off the second? See, I thought it looked like a splash. What'd you think, Kyle? I thought it was like a splash. Yeah, maybe they'll show us in the replay. By the time Bronco Lewich gets to the mat, it's like a seven oh, count. Hey, oh, what's look at this. On? Look at this, Kyle. Percy Kyle, there's Pringle. Percy Pringle. Oh, and Rick Rude. And Rick Rude. Rick Rude very early in his career here, but still like Kyle just sat up. Quality. Ahem, who is this? Oh my goodness. Is that Paul Bearer? He look does look great. I mean, considering the situation now. No, I don't remember. Was Pringle Link's manager prior to this, or is he trying to recruit him here? Looks like he's trying to recruit him. Look, yeah, it looks like. Yeah, because the Link came in as a good guy here. I, no? No, he was under Skandor Akbar. So there must have been a, now, a turn there. I remember Percy Pringle being a little bit more flamboyant in his outfits. This seems a little subdued for me. Wasn't he? Or am I just confusing him with... Uh, well, he had different suits, but this is a special night. Right. I mean... It's Christmas night. Right. Oh. Now here comes Rick Rude. You always know oh, that oh, a chair oh, shots... look at those. Oh, look at those. Those bad chair shots. You always know they're going to be bad chair shots when they've got the pad on it because it's the heavier yeah, uh, well, chair. Yeah, and you can't swing it right. Right. Safe. Now we're just going to the classic oh. beatdown. Now sunshine. Sunshine coming out. Looks like a giant black and white cookie. Oh, uh, this ought to be good. What? What she? think she's got in her pocket there? Uh, hairspray. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, now here comes Percy Pringle. Oh, is he, oh yeah. Saying, now he's getting her back. I certainly hope so. I mean, it would make sense. Bill Mercer just said, "No, the, is he going to battle for a little can?" Oh. Oh, now the link saves him, but I would have also nice bump, accepted Percy Pringle. I would have also accepted Pringle going to spray it in her eyes, but accidentally spraying in himself. himself. Yes. Have you ever seen uh, Paul Bearer that spry, Kyle? No, Probably not. Hey, top over the top row bump by Percy Pringle. And now, is this what led to the the Beauty and the Beast the forming here? here? Yeah. Yes. Uh, now, according to Link's book, backstage, like his wife was his handler, so she was backstage. It, it, it was a very strange deal. His wife really seemed like a victim for, yeah, like several years, but like took her a while to figure out she didn't want to do the do the game anymore. Look at all of the um, satin jackets in that audience yes. too. I've kind of, I'm kind of wearing the same turtleneck as uh, oh. Sunshine right now. Oh, Link held the rope open for Sunshine there. That was very nice. 
But look at he's oh. conflicted. Chairs, or the stairs go. Wait, wait. Oh, I thought he was going to carry sunshine off the apron. He's still uh, a savage. Also, uh, Link is like in his early 40s here. Oh, really? Yeah. So in, in remarkable shape. A lot of cowboy hats, a lot of satin jackets in that crowd. All right. Bill Mercer. Bill Mercer's still kicking it. Yeah, I know. Uh, we are at the 10-minute mark right now. Oh, and uh, Here we go. We are wrestling Star Wars, as Bill Mercer just told us, informed us. I, I love oh, DJ Peterson, right? But that's, oh, it's Mark Youngblood, yeah. Very Scott Hallish looking yeah. features there. The fact that they would just let kids run up to the ring with those. Well, that was papers. a big thing, yeah, to get the autographs and such. But I mean, how did they. The fact that there was like a, a respectable. Oh, like, check it out, wearing his uh, Japanese both wrestling of them. jacket. Nice. Gordy and Buddy Jack Roberts walking to the ring. Ooh. That's a cool coat. Must have been for some tag team tournament or something in Japan, I bet, with the red, white, and blue and the free right, birds. Right, right. Um, but there was also the suit guy. I think they called him Mr. Silk. Yeah. Well, he would make them the suits. There was a boot guy. But then there was the uh, the action wear company. I, I'm blanking on the name now. There's a different one for All Japan and New Japan. That, okay. That made the track suits. Oh, really? Yeah. What do you think of... Uh, is it Youngblood? Is that Mark Youngblood? Uh, oh, on Boston. This is, let's see. Terry Gordy, look at that. And look Who's at also yeah. in his 40s at right, this point. Right, at this point. Capital Sports, Sports that's yep. the name, yes. That stuff is so great. What? Oh, they just said Buddy Roberts, yeah. but they showed Youngblood. And they called him David Peterson here. He wasn't DJ yet. And that's only when he went to uh, AWA, correct? Uh, but he also did Central States. He's from, I, I think he was a legit Kansas City guy. Okay. Uh, may have done Portland as well. Bronco Lubitsch back out as referee again, this guy. I don't think these matches are in order. Uh, you asked me what I thought of the Youngbloods. Uh, slightly underimpressed. Yeah. They second generation, but like didn't really have a body. Could always move, but you know, fringe boots and tomahawk chops. Right, there wasn't really much. Yeah. Wasn't much to what they were doing. Uh, one thing I've really gotten into lately is uh, like the mastery of Buddy Ro Buddy Roberts as a in ring general. Okay, because again, he's already had a twenty year career at this point working in the tag team, mostly the Hollywood Blondes with uh, Jerry Brown. So he knows, you know, all the little tricks to keep a tag match moving and going like that. Sure. It's just, yeah. It's just it, once you look for it, it's an incredible thing to look at. It's not flashy and anything, but it's filling up the match and it's all legit. I really appreciate him now as I'm older and understand what's going on way more so than I did. Yes. I've never understood why he was in the Freebirds when right. they were around. How many young bloods were there? I mean, how many like legit young bloods? Well, as far their, as, like, their the real ones? last name was Romero, so I think there was Mark and a Jay. Like they were legit brothers. Yeah, but beyond that, I'm not sure. There might have been, you know, the random brother. Oh, fall down, kick off. Look boom. at that bump. Nice. That see, I would not have respected that as a kid. 
I definitely would have just been like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Tagging Waited, the big yep, guy. Yeah, now Gordy's in. Now I would have started paying attention. And I guess that's another thing, too, that I look at now and I don't real, uh, didn't realize it then was the fact that people love the Freebirds, too. Like, yes. I mean, there was that you knew they were supposed to be heels and WCCW was, you know, would be playing it up. But that audience was still eating them up, especially Gordy. People just loved him. Boom. Well, because they could work. They did right. back their stuff up, but they were just the the foils for the Von Erichs for the longest time. This is 85, though, so it's quite late. Obviously, they're not working the Von Erichs in this match. Right. Huh, very interesting. Interesting toe lock by Youngblood there. By interesting, like, look, I mean very lazy. Yeah, and look at that. Like, what is that supposed to be doing? Uh, it's a bar against the knee. I mean, he doesn't have it locked in right, but that looks a like he's just deal. slow dancing with his shin. Well, sure. Obviously, you could sell it a bit better, but what they're doing right now is you get in the hold, you pose it, and then you build back up. You know, right. it's all how you slow it down, brother. All right, here we go. David Peterson, DJ Peterson. Boom. I never understood that. A splash like to your, from your soft belly onto somebody's leg seems like it wouldn't do anything. When you have the opportunity to drop a knee, drop a knee. Don't uh, belly splash. You know, there's nothing keeping you out of the ring, Jay. There, yes, there is. Okay. Tell your wife hi for me. Yes, thank you. Uh, did the hamstring stretcher, made famous by Billy Robinson. Speaking of which, what do you think of my wife's... Uh, uh, text message the other day about the the garbage gar- garbage that was pretty good hey yeah that's neat my sister um had it, a, had a similar deal with my sister where somebody at her church was looking uh for somebody to make a cape for a play but as soon as she heard i need somebody to make a cape my sister raised her hand yeah yeah i can do it for you blah 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 blah. And i realized later that it never even occurred to me to ask why she needed it you're just, just like yeah like, sure yeah you need a cape oh for those that my brother fr- does stuff like that for those that aren't friends with me on facebook my wife sent me a text. Ones. Yes, the lucky ones. My wife sent me a text that said, um, hey, oh. should we throw out these light tubes or do you know somebody that wants Gordy. to do uh, garbage matches with them? But my wife actually meant, like she thought that there was a type of a match where people just bring garbage and pour garbage cans in the ring. She didn't mean it like in the derogatory sense towards a hardcore match. She's not that far off. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, but I thought that was what the, the, that was the innocence of it all. She thought there was something called the garbage match. Now, here's what I was talking about. Roberts just dominating the match, you know, getting heat on the baby face, directing traffic, tag back into Gordy. Oh, and the perfect way puts his body in the way, blocks the That's tag. That's really good. Mom, Terry, Gordy. Woof. Look at that. How old do you think he is here? Oh, uh, late 20s. Okay. Do you know his age when he died? 40? Yeah, okay. I, I, I figured it was somewhere around there. Yeah. Like absurdly young. Oh, breaking news today, so you can judge when we tape this. Tom Zink, Zink died, yeah. Away. Yeah, Tom Zink saw not, that. Not too surprised. I mean, sorry for his family. Not too surprising. Was a bodybuilder back when, you know, it was fun. So probably had a lot of Whoa. damage to his heart and stuff like that. Terrible bulldog we just saw. Um, 
Jumping up to the second. Was it you? I believe. Didn't I show Ooh. you the Tom Zink website a few years ago? Yes. Where it was all like he had all of his matches chronicled and like all. Yeah, and it was. He, was it, 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 he had a lot of time business. on his hands. Yeah. Thrown off. Ooh. Oh, was that a double super kick? Looked like a like a some kind of side kick. I don't think Roberts would get the leg up for a super kick. Uh, okay, but he just did. I don't know if he did. Oh, now we're gonna repeat the bulldog, perhaps. The push off. There you nice. go. Nice. Before you ask, because the impact is different, different. from when I, you're I'm holding I'm not somebody. asking. No, okay. I know. I understand that. Oh. Look at this. Working them over, throwing them off. Oh, look at that. Beautiful. Oh. Oh, getting him in they position. Yeah, okay. for the pull. Nice. That wasn't bad. That was probably Roberts directing traffic there. But now yeah. Youngblood decides he's had enough of that coming over. And now they salvage it back. Pushes him oh, off. Look oh, at the that. double clothesline. Uh, I want to say Tully and JJ did that finish on Brad Armstrong one time in a tournament of some sort. Oh, what do we got planned here? Power slam from the second rope. Puts him in position. DJ holding on for a dear life. Boom. No, it's a safe bump. Two, three. Nice. Oh, very interesting. Notice they did the uh they did that match without uh disposing of Youngblood. Probably thought his partner was going to kick, kick out, out, but uh Freebird dead ducks, sign said. That's awesome. I love it. The knuckle bump, the... Uh, I believe that's slapping skin. Look at that face. Oh, what's real funny, also, when you go back and listen to the Freebird interviews whenever Buddy Roberts talks, you can kind of pick up his Canadian accent. Knowing, oh, really? Knowing that that's where he's from. It's like, oh, okay. Nestled in the arms, Bill Mercer just said. It's beautiful. Nestled in the arms. And here comes a commercial break. Boom, butter da boom. I always love that song. Uh oh. Oh, this is to be interesting. That's next week's main event, it looks like, because they broke this into two TV shows. So. This event all happened in one night, but because they had to do it in two different television shows. I, I get it. That's the way they did things back then. Okay. I believe we did that for our Starcade. Yeah, absolutely. Which, if you haven't heard, please go back and check it out. We are building up the library now. Isn't that great? Yeah, this is going to be a tedious episode. No, I think this will be a great episode. Yeah. Look, at it, look at that mob of kids. Oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's that's being over. Yeah, but no. So they're out there for Lance then. Oh no, it's the uh, uh, dynamic duo. Oh, I know. Bad of the that's bad of the bone. That's Gino Hernandez. Uh, sporting shorter haircuts that have now grown out uh, after the haircut angle. Yeah, they had. Uh, can you explain that a little bit for the those debut that might not of know? Chris Von Erich? 
Uh, they set up to a... Oh, the handsome half-breed. Awesome. Uh, they set up to a haircut match with the Von Eriks against the Dynamic Duo, which, uh, of course, was won by the Von Eriks. Gino Hernandez went to escape, but he was tackled by Chris Von Erich. And then uh, Chris Adams and Gino got their head shaved. And that's it. Now, so this is probably... A good couple months, three, four months, maybe. It looks like their hair is uh, coming back nicely. Yeah. Chris Adams' Six hair feet. looks stupid. It does. Look at it. Uh, shave off your head. I have, and oh. it grows back pretty decent. I had, Look at Buzzy and Fuzzy, a sign in the crowd. Oh, nice. Okay, so we're at the 2206, uh, 29, 22010, or 2210, sorry, mark right now. So who uh, are the who Stranglehold. Are Oh, yeah, there it is, Ten Nugent. some Nugent. You know who's singing for Ted Nugent at this point? Who? Derek St. Holmes. Ah. Yes. So We talk coming... a lot, but, you know. What is, cool. what is going on here now? I see, uh, oh, it's one mask came off. What's going on? Uh, the Von Eriks were competing as the Cosmic Cowboys at this point, although uh, Kevin decides he doesn't need to wear a mask. But now he's wearing a cowboy hat. Oh, he wore cowboy boots to the ring, too. Which is odd for Kevin. Looks yeah. like he's taking them off, though. Like, like I guess I, I don't understand the purpose of any of that. Well, they did the um, they did this angle a lot in Texas of, I'm not going to give you a match, but I'm going to have a match with this strange masked person who all of a sudden, oh, my God, you're the person I didn't want to have a match with. Oh, well, that could, yeah. I think everything they did was in Texas, though, Kyle. Yes, yeah. Kyle just pointed out for everyone at home that they might have come to the ring because they were in Texas. <laughs> yes. They might have come uh, out. Look at Kerry. Can't even get his chaps off. Oh, he's fine. Referee Rick Hazard, who I remember once I found out that he was like a wrestler in other territories. Yeah. I was like, what? How did... what? How does he do that? How does he I, yeah, keep the peace? Yeah, I didn't peace? understand how it went back and forth. Then later, something happened with Rick Hazard. He ran a ran a follow of the Yakuza in Japan. And oh, like really? Either got beat up or cut up or something, but had to leave the country quickly. Wow. Uh, but it also may have been he was taking the rap for somebody they couldn't get. Sure, sure. Uh, there were several stories like that where boys would get rambunctious and piss off the wrong person and have to get smuggled out. Gotcha. Quick. Look at that, just signing autographs left and right. Carrie, not really. Or Carrie's just smart enough to stay away from the ropes so they don't right. they don't ask him. I mean that is uh I like how they have these fans trained too. They're like, "Okay, match is going to start. Go back to your seats." And they're like, "Yep, you got it." Yeah, but that was that was how they were trained in that area and at that time. They knew they knew what they had to do. Yeah. I also like these. Don't forget uh, all of the all of the protection on the outside was by the rope. Right, the one singular rope, the, the one strand of rope that was strung around. I used to love seeing how many. I used to watch the show and the guys would come to the ring and how many would get hung up on the rope. Nice. Around their neck. Um, also want to point out, now granted this is 85, so it's a bit later on, but all four of the guys in the ring right now, relatively young. Yeah. 
like late twenties, very early thirties at this point. Uh, Carrie Von Eric barefoot. Don't see that every day. Oh, interesting. And with both of them, get it? Both of his feet. Yeah, but no, I'm just trying to figure out the rationale for that. It could be something as simple as he forgot his boots. Or let me again painting this picture of them doing this cosmic cowboys thing. They're like, well, we got to do the gimmick, so we're going to wear cowboy boots to the ring and chaps and the mask and cowboy hats. But then we'll wrestle barefoot because we do, we can't wrestle in cowboy boots. Right. Which seems like a lot of effort. Oh, Ooh, there's super a, kick right, early. Early oh, super over kick. Over the top. Um, seems to be very. Oh, with a was hand that, flip. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, he could do that. Uh, Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy would do that too. Just part of the uh, wrestling training in the British Isles. That's good. Once you learn how your body moves in space, it's easy to do stuff like that. When did you learn? Uh, I couldn't do that. I did try to learn the like vault where you do a, a flip over the rope. Oh, yeah. Now I just do a vault. Chris Adams had odd punches. Oh, there's the discus and sends him on up. The dueling finishers that now we're not going to sell. Boom. Handsome half-breed, Kevin Von Eric comes in. Rolls out. Look at that. There's that rope guarding the audience. Look at how far away that is. Right. That's 20 feet. Sure. 20 feet from the ring. Come well, on. It's 20 feet from the ring, but they have the whole building. I understand, but that's crazy. Isn't that 20 feet away? That's bonkers. Uh, what I I don't understand your Why would they not have them closer to the ring? I guess. I don't know. I I'm just used to, I like a nice cozy, you know, that uh, intimate feel. I feel like that's so far away. Continental had him far away from the ring, too. I think it's just because of the size of the building. You don't have to put him up that you close. You don't have to put him up that close, then. Gotcha. The, um, I mean, it's not, I mean, if I'm going to complain, I need to complain about Puerto Rico, where it's like a, you're in the middle of a baseball field. Yeah, and, everybody's and guys up would and, uh, say they could call spots at the top of their lungs. Right. And it was no fine. one would be able to hear it. Have you ever seen stuff from Puerto Rico, Kyle? They would put like they put a ring in basically in the middle of like Miller Park and everyone's sitting up in the like the <laughs> the stands like nobody's on the ground. Yeah, I have wrestled one show that uh, the ring was set up on the gym floor and all the fans had to sit in the the wooden rafters like there was no floor seating. Yeah, it's like okay, we did that. Yeah, Kyle and I did that at a show. Ooh, arm drag by Von Eric. Second. Ties it up. Rolls back. Tag out to his brother who comes off nice. the top. Boom. Oh, that was very good. That looked great. For 1985, that was uh Well, yeah, Kevin was great. a high flyer then. I mean, that was the whole reason he was in bare feet. Yeah. Look oh. at that. Nice drop kick. Standing drop kick. Speaking of nice, Rick Hazard's pants. A very tight polyester. Pulled up, hiked high. Interesting look. Always distinguishable when it comes to uh, the world class referees. Sure. Like he no, but he's got a different outfit than Bronco had. But they both wear the white top with the uh, I think it has piping or yeah, yeah piping on yeah. the sleeves. That would be a great episode, us just talking about what the different referees wear from different... Uh, uh, I believe we also did that on Well, our, a little bit with Fargo, right? Yeah, 
because he had a yellow jumpsuit, which was awesome. Uh, Kevin Von Erich with a body scissors on Chris Adams. Claps, boxes the ears, gives him that butt drop that Andre the Giant always did, but now tries to maybe... He's going for a crossface to the outside. Uh, has the body scissors around the sides of the waist. Usually you want to slip over where you're at 90 degrees so you can get a better leverage, but... Kevin able to pop those bags of grain like Joe Stecker. <laughs> yes. See, now that would be a great episode, too. Uh, talking about people that used um, sacks of uh, food to, for working out. Kevin popping the bags of grain with his thighs. Uh, Magnum TA with the, and wrestling, too, with the knee lift to the the bag of oats or whatever it was. <laughs> that would be pretty fun. Iceman King Parsons knocking apart the ice blocks with his headbutt. Yep. I think we covered them all. So we don't have yeah, to do okay. that episode. That was pretty good. That was uh, So Kevin with the side headlock. Oh, takes him to the corner. That's kind of an odd. Kyle, do we have any more hot chocolate left by chance? Odd strategy there, be, but you got to wonder awesome. what was Thank covered. You. Huh. Look at that. I love that bag off. I've always loved that bag off. Right. Gino retreats to the incorrect corner. Of course. Oh, carry. Oh, that weird dropping. Elbow Very drop, strange. Which was, uh, I want to point out that Gino Hernandez did a top rope elbow drop in Southwest. Oh, really? Uh, but had the very odd landing on it as well. Like, always looked like he was going to blow out his hip. Not like Macho Man, who just cushioned himself by landing full force on his opponent. Oh, look at that sleeper. Now, um, did all these guys get along as far as you knew? Like, they were all, they were making money, so they were all happy, right? And I'm sure Hernandez and Adams are just happy to be working programs with uh, Fritz's kids, right? Like, there wasn't, because I, I know her, uh, Hernandez had his drug issues and stuff. They all had drug well, issues. Well, I understand, yes, but I'm saying, uh, but at that time, um, I mean, he, I mean, he died right around this time. I'm just saying, like, what did... But I don't understand. Were they your all question. partying? Were like they a all very good, kayfabe like, question? That yeah, you're I know. Uh, no, I'm just. Um, I'm always. I always. Always wondering, uh, like, what that that locker room was like. Were all the workers? Were they jealous of the push? Um, hold on, Kyle's offering me either a hot chocolate classic or a salted caramel. I'll go for the classic. Thank you. Do you think that there was uh, animosity? Wait a minute, salted caramel, hot chocolate? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give that a You try. know what? Then if he wants some, uh, let's do we'll, – I'll do that as well so we can get Derek to have some more hot chocolate here. Dear Lord. Um, but was there animosity the for it? But it, it's like it, I would guess. I don't know for sure, of course. But it's like any workplace where you've got people you're right. friends with and people you don't like, but you all have to work together. Um, of course, guys knew – knew the structure of the business and saw how things were treated in Texas, that the Von Erics were untouchable. Right, so that was always the case. It was also a case of the baby faces were only going to get over so much because the Von Erics had to be on top. Yeah. This is pretty, uh, pretty good action in this match. Yeah, there's a lot of little things I've been noticing there. Ooh. Take that boot. I did like. I do like the uh, the rings in Texas with the weird round ring posts. Yeah, 
Uh, always remind me of a. I don't know. They always remind me of the barn for some reason. There was a lady in the crowd wearing a ugly Christmas sweater, unironically. 1985. Yes. Well, there was a prominent entertainer that made ugly sweaters very fashionable. Was there? Yes. Oh, not Creedentist Christmas ones. Correct. Gotcha. Oh, there's the claw. We knew that was coming. Oh, oh double, double claw. claw. Oh, <laughs> come on, Carrie. Okay, let me do one. Kevin yeah. says to Carrie, which could have been, could have been a very good screw up. Just right, Carrie. Like, oh, now I'm gonna get you. That was impressive. With the popularity of um, table bumps and things like that, and everyone likes tables and all that great stuff, I'm always surprised at how late into the wrestling game tables became a factor as far as like them being broken. I know uh, Macho Man did it to um, right. Ricky Morton in Memphis, I believe that was, right? Right. Um, but, I mean, but just the fact. Oh, fa- oh, nice. geez, oh he went for the crotch shot and missed. Missed, yeah. I'm surprised more people have, like, especially with this table with the announcers being right there. I know they didn't want them to break it because the announcers were sitting at it. But uh, you would have thought that there would have been more prop type things or tables in place there. No, because I I think the whole having to include props would have offended the sensibilities of the old school. Sure, sure. Old school thought process. Um. Not to mention the cost involved. Right. And we are living in an age, and I don't know if we ever talked about this, but finding oh, the tables, that was that there. was a nice... Uh, uh, finding a table is can actually be difficult. The press board table? Yeah. Because everything's plastic Because now? everything's becoming plastic, so it's been hard. We were looking for tables two years ago, and I mean, it wasn't hard. We were able to find them, but the fact is, though... Um, they're just not as readily available as you would think. Or, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty funny trying to look for one. Ooh, cameraman up on the corner. Very, that was very much part of World Class's formula. Um, again, I had said I, I've recently been watching the history of World Class docs and everything like that, and it is really the willingness of the production team. Or the, yeah. the TV producer, what Mickey Grant, that wanted to, he convinced his company to invest this much resources into this show. Oh, okay. Of course, it paid off. Oh, going for the figure four, huh? On a non-booted Carrie Von Eric is a little weird. Still, now I'm wondering if Bill Mercer would say that as a fan in '85, everybody would see this and think, "Oh, Carrie's beaten Ric Flair with that hold. Now is he going to be able to beat Gina right. Hernandez, or you know, get Thank out you, of the Kyle. hold?" Kyle, can I get another peppermint stick, please? Yeesh, mm, that's good. This that's is really a true Christmas fun fun time. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, you know, and I'm going to put a marshmallow on top. Thank you. Excuse me. Okay, so Gino has the figure four. I want to point out that he has put the figure four on the correct leg, 
A lot of people think that you have to... Now, even Ric Flair will twist the left leg yep. and straighten out the right. Which I believe was originally to uh, infuriate Buddy Rogers when they did that angle. Oh, there it is. Carrie with his own figure four. Oh, that's a bad figure four. Yes. <laughs> he got to the ropes right away on that one. Oh, who sells it? Has it together enough to sell it. Brings in Kevin. Boom. Handstand knee, but now still Gino, stay there. Boom. Comes nice. off with a splash with a very strange angle. Kick out at two. Oh. Nice powder. Adams decides no way. Oh. That, oh. Crotch and Nelson into a slam. Hitting the ropes again. Another splash. Probably uh, stiff as anything, too. Because that was always the thing, right? Von Erich's very stiff. Uh, Kevin was real bad. Like, real stiff, but didn't mind when you hit him. Right. You know? There's a difference with guys being jerks about it versus, oh, I just like to like to work snug. Claw on him again. Did you like the, uh, I mean, I know they wouldn't do it in every match, but did you like when uh, the claw drew blood? Uh, I don't really recall it drawing blood too much. Didn't it? it I always thought it did. I thought there I, were times. No, no, I remember seeing how it did in the past, but in the matches I saw it never, like. Was, uh, didn't Black, or not Black, didn't uh, Blackjack Mulligan use the claw and he had the black glove on in that, uh, like in Florida possibly, and that might have been a. Uh... Yeah, he did it. I thought so. Well, yeah. no, th well, they did the claw. Like I remember the claw back from you know sure. being a kid, but Von Raschke had it. Um, oh, look at this! Do you see that Gino Hernandez wouldn't take the tag? Oh no, I did not. Oh, is that what this sets up? Oh, it's only a two. Crowd thinks it's three. Adams throws him over the top. Is that a disqualification at this yeah. point? Yes, it is. Gino Hernandez would not take the tag. Oh, so now this sets up. So Mad threw Kevin over the top, but now. I always like this. I like oh. the idea of like one heel healing on the other heel. And then that's a lot of heel. That's a lot of heel going on there. And then uh, just kind of like, hey, your shitty ways caused us to. Uh, well, they didn't lose the match, but well, they did, but didn't lose the belt. Oh, oh but I was going to say, look at the storytelling that's going on here. Just that one move. And now they're emoting off of this. Gino still trying to smooth things over there. Thank you, Kyle. Wow, this is really warm. And it's in a Star Wars mug. A wrestling Star Wars mug. A non-thermally... <laughs> a fully thermally conductive... No, I'll be good without... Thank you. A peppermint stick? That's just a candy cane. No. Jeez. It's still, still a very good... Uh, very good touch. I thought it was the... Oh, I'm thinking of cinnamon sticks. Yeah, you're thinking of I'm cinnamon sorry. stick. Never mind. I like this. 
And then a bad edit. They probably went to commercial. I bet you yeah, that was bad the case. edit. But th- of course, that set up the great Chris Adams face turn, which led to him being blinded. Yes, which led to Gino Hernandez passing away under suspicious circumstances. The Grappler now in the ring. A uh, very good book. Really, Grappler? Yes, yes, recommend it. And there's my guy, the great Kabuki. Great Kabuki from Singapore. With Percy Pringle at this point, no Gary Hart. Percival Pringle. Percival Pringle. The third. Brian Adias. Uh, Rather interesting guy, like legitimate friend of Carrie's in high school. Yeah. Got in. Uh, spent some time in the Northwest, spent some time in the Carolinas. And that was about it. Then yeah, went back to out. Texas and just faded out and doesn't really have much to do with the business now. Iceman King Parsons, I believe, is still working indies down there. Oh, really? Yeah. And so Brian... They're in, in Reunion Arena here. So Brian Adias, though, didn't, uh, didn't really make any waves anywhere else. This is probably the height of his popularity, right? Was Texas uh, right, but also hadn't really broken out. Right, he would have still been a you know journeyman for another couple of years before figuring out the good gimmick. <gasps> Kabuki full on face shots. You can see those scars from the coal match in India. From what match? Oh, that's why he wore the makeup because he got his face rubbed into coals in a, mat- a hot coals match in India. Serious? I did not know this. Well. Yes. Enlightenment. I'm, abso- I'm absolutely serious. <laughs> so that's why I'd get so frustrated watching it because I wanted to see the scars. Oh, my God. Is right. this real? But where did they make that? Who made that? Uh, was that Gary Hart saying that? Or yeah. Okay. Or it might have been an after deal. But it became part of the accepted uh, mythology of Kabuki. Kabuki, not much of a, a figure. Uh, no, but originally, I believe originally trained by Carl Gotch. So how old do you think Kabuki is right here? Uh, somewhere in his thirties, I believe, because he was a legit Japanese wrestler. I believe his real name is Akahisa Mera. I okay. don't know why I remember that, but was wrestling as Takachiho in the central States when Gary Hart had the idea for this gimmick may have been Andre, like, suggested, hey, I know this guy. Okay, gotcha. And Gary Hart was the one that originally formed the gimmick up for him. Which is a pretty um, basic gimmick for what it's worth. Kabuki? Yeah. Yeah, but it was very different at the time for the mist, and the. Uh, he also had the big spider webs that came out. Uh, Kabuki's in a tag team with Magic Dragon until Magic Dragon passed away in a airplane smash or airplane crash. I'm sorry. Uh, watching Brian Adias, you know, good, solid performer, right? You know, could could that's hold, that white bread baby face, right? Yeah, yeah, could hold it up in the ring. Uh, maybe lacked a little bit of charisma. I did like his heel turn, of course. He did a heel turn. Oh yeah, I did not know that. Boom, boom. Boom. Ah, the pinball spot. Nice. Nice spot. Gapper, I can't wait, quite see if the grappler's still wearing the uh, 
No, might not be wearing the loaded boot at this point. Grappler holding Brian Adias down, but of course... Oh, he's got the got the tights, got the tights. But you know, it's the the heel way that he is manipulating the ref there. That's, yes, you know, a subtle thing that's not seen too much anymore. Iceman King Parsons on the outside. Forty-five minutes into this wonderful affair here. Look at uh, Kyle. What do you think, Percy uh, Percival Pringle? Uh, is it weird seeing him? Is this your first time seeing him like this? Yeah, this is my first time seeing him like this, and it's. It's a little strange. Um, going to be okay? It's, it's kind of strange seeing him as a heel, too. I mean, I know he's, he was a heel as Paul Bearer at times, but I just think of him as, like, my all-time ultimate manager just as uh, as Paul Bearer. So it is a little – it's strange, but I really All respect time. it oh. because he's been athletic here and pulling some punches, too, and it's kind of fun seeing this. He's also not 350 pounds. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and – I think it, to put it into perspective, Kyle, as well, there's a a changeover in the 90s that occurred for people like myself. And I don't know if I'm going to speak no, for Derek. I'm waiting to hear it here. But like we knew him as Percival Pringle, Percy Pringle. And then when he showed up as Paul Bearer, you're just kind of like, ah, come on. Yeah, that was I. Yeah, that was very frustrating because everybody would show up in the E with a different. Yeah. And they had their different like, thing. Oh, can't you just. You know, I mean, another one I was used for an example, and this is kind of this goes to show you pre-internet days. And I don't I'm sorry that I'm taking it to the 90s with this. But um, when I first found out about Raven, okay, I thought whenever I saw pictures in the magazines, his face was always covered with his hair. So I was like, oh, my God, look at this guy. He likes the cult and he's like a punk rocker, like kind of like a you know metal guy. And it's like a cool look. And. Always, every picture was his big frizzy hair and like a bloody face. Because at that point, you know, in Midwest, we didn't have ECW. We just heard rumblings about it. And then I remember getting my first ECW tape and seeing Raven and being like, that's Scotty Flamingo. What? Yep. yep. And then just totally being like, what the fuck? So, I mean, of course, he did a great job with the gimmick and I accept the gimmick but i was very much like thrown by that and that happened a lot of times with guys like this that and i think the percival pringle and uh paul bearer was one of the big ones where you're going wow like no i remember that dude like uh barry windham right you know barry windham yeah. then he comes over as the widow maker uh-huh. uh to to the e and uh was and then he did the stalker where he wore camouflage um the other one too is a great one is steve kern uh showed up as skinner and that was uh, Derek's uh, movie. Sorry, so far. no, yeah. that's no problem. But like Steve Kern showed up as Skinner, and you're like, wasn't that like one of the fabulous ones? <laughs> or like what exactly. Was, what, exactly what's going on? So yeah, it but, weren't all great. Uh, yes, it all worked out. And remember, the WWF was uh, they've always been at the forefront of trying to change what wrestling is, and they wanted to be more character driven at that point. So that's what they were doing. I have more respect for Percy Pringle now, seeing just uh, just how many different characters in a way he can portray. Because right. all I've seen him is as is Paul Bearer, so to see like a complete opposite of that is really fun. Oh, nice! That was cool. Yeah, yeah. Good, good comment, Kyle. Guy in the crowd with the uh, referee jersey—that had been a pretty awesome touch. 
Oh, I didn't see that. Tag into Brian Adias, pulls that headlock. A lot of headlocks in this one, right? Sure. Uh, it, very refreshing in my mind, though, because uh, nowadays everybody works the arm. Okay. It's like, okay, now we're seeing this again. But you know, you've got several other legs on that table to pull out, so you might as well. Whoa. Choose. Whoa, that was very interesting off that shoulder block. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Pulled him over by the hair. I don't feel like I've ever seen uh, Kabuki work so well. I feel like uh, a lot of stuff I've seen with him has just been a lot of the uh, gimmick, like working the gimmick. Sure. Like how they take their time selling the hold. Kabuki moving that arm. Just the little things that Kabuki's doing right there like escape a lot of uh, wrestling students. Like they don't get sure. that, oh, I can do this, I can do that. Which really, it it blows my mind, but again, I can't really blame them because of the style that's on TV now right. versus something like this that we would have watched back in the day and understood how to get, how to get that mileage out. It's like, this is what you have to watch. Uh, one of the wrestling schools that I'm involved with always tells the students, watch tapes. And they say, well, what tape should I watch? And the only answer they get from the instructors are matches from the 80s. Ah, like, yeah. Uh, Everyone it, comes in doing the goddamn bushwhacker headbutt. Yeah, like, in, in my mind, if you're going to give an instruction like that, oh, nice suplex. Have something. Yeah, have something and have a goal. Like, watch this match so you can see them do this. Right, right. Like, Watch these three matches, and how do they communicate this concept? But you've like, been able to do that with people you've worked with, right? Yeah, yeah, I can do that, and you know, privately. But right, no, because it's nice. Like when I see people that you've worked with and trained with, and then they get interviewed and say stuff like, "One of my favorite matches was the, uh, you know, Blank. one hour, whatever, something." Like, oh, that's a Derek. Uh, probably gave him that one. Yeah, which is good. And that's one thing I would like to do is like, hey, I noticed you need work on this concept. I know a match for you. Watch yeah. this and then try and come back with that. Grappler. So uh, how off, how long was the grappler in WCCW for? Uh, I'm not sure if he was the tag team at that point. Uh, there may have been a tag team of the grapplers then. Because he started out as a single, got given got given a tag partner. I think they might have come in, but the other guy left. Okay. Uh, the other guy being Tony Anthony, yep, of course. Yep. The dirty white boy. Also, uh, that was T.L. Hopper, right? Yes. So, Tony Anthony, Kyle, was a grappler. And then became Tony Anthony, dirty white boy. In uh, Was that uh, Memphis? Or was that Smoky Mountain? Uh, actually, Mid-South. Mid-South. No, 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 no. He's not in this match. And then he went to WWF and became T.L. Hopper, like uh, a plumber. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because at that point, uh, he was in Smoky Mountain, and Jim Cornette got behind on paying his guys. So he got a lot of his guys' jobs in the E as character, like jobbers to the stars. Like, they'd beat the no-name guys, but then lose to all the stars. That way, they didn't have to hire the no-name guys anymore. Right. So, as far as your original answer, well, six months to a year. Yeah, it wasn't, he wasn't there that long. He's not a name no. that's synonymous with WCCW. No, he later went and established himself in the Pacific Northwest.
He's got a good look. Uh, I like he it. He has a good look. Uh, learned how to work, and uh, he he's a lot of action in the ring. Like, there's a lot of movement out of him because he realizes he wasn't the tallest person in the world. Yeah. So he tried to become the you know the best worker that he could. Now we've seen, um, with the exception of the Freebird win, we see a lot of um, face wins on this show. And I mean, it's a holiday show, and you're going to give the people what they want. I, I meant to ask you. Ooh, thrust kick. Um, when we did the show the other week, and we had every match the baby faces won because sure. it was the library show. Sure. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like just do? I mean, no one remembers, right? They're no. just happy. It's just like just yeah, do. It's, it's wrestling. Yeah. Send them home happy at the end of the night. You can do whatever you want. Right. I was. Uh, I actually was worried about that, and Andy and I talked about it. So when we were going over finishes and we were going over stuff, right? And Andy goes, "So it's all faces." I go, "Yeah, Derek's gonna hate that." No, for then, a show like that, yeah, yeah, you're gonna you do something. You're gonna do something like yeah. that. Tell the story. Make the kids' day. Sends Adias into the corner again. You know what's again, interesting? Adias just just bland, but like his ring work is solid. Yeah. Um, back oh. to the sleepers. Hey, so here's something else that we haven't really noticed on this. Have you noticed no commercial breaks during the matches? And no Western boots. And no Western boots, right. But definitely uh, interesting to see that there's the, whatever, this was Boston, I think, that this broadcast was coming from. Oh, so he's loading the boots. Syndicated show. Okay, so he does have it. He has a loaded boot. Oh, but now there's the roll up from Adias. Baby faces win. Oh, look at that. And then some fire after over. the match. Oh, oh, beautiful kick by Kabuki to that the back was, of the head. That was nice. Uh, Adias reminds me a lot of an early Mike Rotundo. I mean, look-wise, not yeah. necessarily work-wise. Mark Lorenz just making the call. Oh, Parsons with that chair, chair with a smaller cushion on it. Cushion on it. It's still very oh, awkward. No, no, not very small. Is it, is it pretty common that the matches that are happening, or the the shows that are happening on holidays, uh, have a more like a better win ratio for the baby faces? No, just in general. No, uh, I think that that what you're looking at here is a regional thing. Texas, Texas was always baby face oriented. Uh, because there's so many Von Erics, because all the Von Erics have to win. So so they're just more faces there. Uh, no, the advantage of having these holiday shows was you had a guaranteed huge house, so you could either blow off feuds or you had enough eyes on the new angle that you're trying to pop that hopefully that would continue through the post-holiday season. Now, also in the advantage, uh, the holiday season, a lot of places, the school is in session. So the the population is relatively uh, non-mobile, you know, because they have to be there because the kids have to be at school. So, you know, you're going to have a population there as opposed to in the summer in the Midwest. It's always been hard to draw because people are outside because they can get outside, right. whereas now it's not so much. We're at the uh, 57, 57, 15 mark right now for the American heavyweight title. Here comes Lance Von Erich. <laughs> Von Erich in quotes. 
So this is their big belt then? Uh, this is what became their big belt. Yeah. Yeah, so this was their main singles, singles champions. They had the American heavyweight champion and the Texas heavyweight champion. You know, because they're in Texas. All these fans with their papers out. What was the uh, reason that Lance Von Erich was brought in? Uh, Lance Von Erich was brought in. Uh, David passed away. Oh, yes. David passed away, and Mike was having his troubles. So they needed another one. So they needed another Von Erich. Gotcha. Now, what Ken Mantell did, which I later found out, I later found out and read the explanation for it, and it just struck me at how goofy it was. They took a local high school athlete, uh, William Vaughn, that everybody knew, and rechristened him Lance Von Erich. I just don't understand with the wrestling business as interconnected among promoters as it is that why didn't they find right. a nice young guy from another territory so they could at least say, hey. Because everybody knew. Like, that was a real big Yeah, that was a big bummer. thing. Everybody knew, and that led to a lot of confusion because this was the first time that, well, the Von Erichs don't lie, but they lied to us about this. Clearly, right. So this is one of the first chinks in the armor. Um, hindsight 2020, everybody associated with it, Kevin, the Mantells, they all say that they were against it, but Fritz wanted to have it done. Right. So what did, uh, Kevin say in the world-class thing is like, we all voted against it, but my dad voted for it and said, that's it, boys, majority rules. <laughs> right. You they know. just said, uh, uh, ring announcer said Minneapolis, Minnesota. Rick Rude corrected him and said Robbinsdale, Minnesota. That's kind of cool. Yep. Robbinsdale High School. Uh, class of 76. There was something on Facebook of uh, all of the all of the people from the class of 76 that went on to get trained. Okay. So, like, Rick Rude, Brady Boone, Kurt Henning. Yeah, it was a real... Scott Simpson, John Nord. Well, oh, so, you know, that's another one. Scott Simpson. He was another one that made a, a name here in WCCW, right? Was it Scott Simpson? Oh, you're thinking of Scott Steve and Simpson. Steve Simpson. Obviously, Steve well, Simpson. No, well, but he also had a brother, Scott and Steve Simpson. Yes, you're thinking of the guys from uh, South Africa. Yes. I'm what? referring to Scott Simpson, who later changed his name to Nikita Koloff. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. I, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're thinking of, I believe their last name was Cohen because their father was named Sammy Cohen or something like that. Um, so that was, uh, and that was the very later days of WCCW, wasn't yes. it? Yes, yes. Oh, so now this match, I'm very interested in. I see David Manning out there as the referee, uh, allegedly had a gambling problem. But what you've got here is Rick Rude, I'd say maybe with five years of experience. You okay. Know, not necessarily a lot. Yeah. Uh, going against Lance Von Erich, who's relatively green at this point. Sure. I believe he was shipped out to like the Pacific Northwest for like three months to get seasoning before he came back. I think about how much I would suck if you had to be Lance Von Erich, and they're like, and you have to have the characteristics of the Von Erich family, which means you can't wrestle with boots on. Uh, well, remember, Kevin was the only one that wrestled. I know, but they're clearly trying to like tie it all together. You know, like they want. Well, you uh, notice tonight look. none of the Von Erichs wore boots. I know. Again, I want to hope that that was just like an incredible rib. Right. Is Pringle the only manager in this territory right now? At this point, 
like the devastation maybe, yeah maybe there, yeah. skandor akbar was around somewhere but he was the the main one being featured yes right um kyle just laughed at skandor akbar's name but one thing i want to pull up that we we missed in our managers episode sure when you were asking me about the WWF, well, remember when they, or the WCW, remember when they had six managers and everything? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like in the in the previous regime, you wouldn't have seen six managers in one area. The only right. reason that there were six managers was that all of these other territories were closing or getting bought up by Jim Crockett promotions. Okay. So they absorbed those people. That makes and, sense. And there were still lots of friends in the office like, ah, oh, we don't want to put you out on the street so we're going to give you a two-year run sure boy oh point of the elbow that's great very deliberate very deliberate but you you don't want to piss rick rudolph um well known for undefeated in arm wrestling and could knock a person out with an open-handed slap oh really yep wow How long was Lance around for? Not very. I mean, might have been a year, year or two. Year or two, and then uh, after Ken Mantell left as Booker and went over, there was like another promotion in the Dallas area called Big D. Lance Von Erich went over to them. That's when Fritz went on TV and said, Lance Von Erich was just a dream. <laughs> this isn't real. It happened. This is our Dallas moment. So he wrestled as, uh, which is funny. Was it Dallas or Dynasty? Which is the one where you... Uh, Dallas. Dallas was who shot JR. Dallas who shot JR. Was Dynasty later, the one with Patrick Duffy in the shower? Was that Dynasty? I thought that was Dallas. Was that Dallas as well? Yeah. Someone will let us know. The only thing I remember from Dynasty was Linda Carrington and uh, John Forsythe. Okay. I think there's a new Dynasty show starting up. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, what's your uh, favorite Christmas show? Uh, do you have one? I do like watching at least one episode of the uh, Christmas Story. Okay, yeah, yeah. What's that about? Uh, uh, it's a, <laughs> a feel good, a feel good story. Feel good movie. Yeah. Uh, don't know if I have a favorite show anymore. Have you ever seen Black Christmas? No. You should with Margot Kidder. Is it it's a really horror good. movie? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Get nervous on those? No. Oh. Just not. I remember the whole Silent Night, Deadly Night controversy. Big, big around here in Milwaukee. Yeah. That was where it made. Got over uh, to Janesville. Uh, PM Magazine and Entertainment Tonight. I like that movie, though. It's a good movie. Have not seen it yet this year. Rick Rude looking very pale in this match. Yeah. I mean, I'm still. Still looking great. But uh, I believe it was Dick the Destroyer Buyer that said, a tan hides a multitude of sins. Ah. So. But still, uh, Rick Rude showing lots of, lots of poise as a ring general, calling the match through and slowing it down, speeding it back up. I believe he had come from Florida. Okay. Was Bundy here at this time? No. No, Bundy was only in uh, w- WCCW for Fritz's retirement. Was that it? Yeah. Okay. But wasn't he part of a faction with Rick Rude? I could have sworn he was. Not unless you're thinking WWF. Wow. Ooh. 
That was high. Look at David oh. Manning in that outfit. Oh, babyface fire. Babyface fire. Oh, jeez, nice. <laughs> David Manning wearing the V-neck Hanes t-shirt. Right, and just and, yeah, and some track pants. Goes for the cover. Lots of dead air on this episode. Yeah, no, we're watching, but this is how these are done. I mean, you can't just constantly talk the whole time. Maybe you can't. Well, I could. I'm just leaving some wide open spots for you to share your wisdom about the wrestling business with us. Well, I am looking at a lot of the... I do wrestle with the the amount of kayfabe versus match work analysis that I want to do at any given moment. Oh, that was like a thumb in the eye from Rude to Manning. Oh, geez. That was not a good... <laughs> there was a sloppy uh, sloppy bump in the corner That's there. That's a whiplash. Oh, now Rude driving those knees in. Pringle's doing something out there. He's got reaching in his hand his pants. Or... Oh, I believe we're disqualifying Rude for that thumb to the eye earlier. <coughs> oh, atomic drop. Not the great. The Rick Rude oh. cell. Now, Rude, uh, every bit the ring general, showing a lot of a lot of poise and skill in that. For match. sure. Again, Lance, uh, not horrible for his amount of time in the business. Right, right. Still a little, you know, it's too bad he was brought in as a, a fake son. How can you tell that somebody's a ring general? Um, because I was watching this match and watching how the ups and downs happened and who was in control whenever things would start to veer off script. I could see him bring him back in. Um, I guess I'll keep an eye on things I see in the future, but it's just it's just hard to tell. In the, the traditional way is the heel calls the match because the heel controls the heat right. to build for the baby face. So knowing these two were in the ring and Rude had the slight more edge on experience, I knew he was calling the match, so that's what I was looking at. Um, for example, like he wasn't, when he grabbed that chin lock, or every time he grabbed a chin lock, it wasn't a big rush to get up into the next spot. It was take it down, let's build it back up, bring Watch the people this. with us. Up, oh, yeah, oh, a little, slipped, oh, he slipped. slipped. Slipped and really, boom. Really took it out of his ass here. Up. Oh. Sunshine, turn this up a little bit, Kyle. Please. Oh, yes. Sunshine talking to us about the missing link. The origin of the missing link. He was at a foster home, several foster homes. Wow. Look at, that Look at that. And there he is carrying her away from. Yes. The... And that's at the Sportatorium right okay. there. Okay. Main event coming up next. And look at that. That's that King Kong moment. Look at this. We are at the one hour and nine minute mark. Actually, one hour, nine minutes, 15 seconds. This the old... is the main event? 
Yeah, well, because look who's oh, in there. Because, uh, yeah, Missy Hyatt's in the ring. There's Missy Hyatt. And here he is, Sunshine, again, looking like a black and white cookie. Well, but she always, she was attractive but dressed conservatively. Right. She was a good, but Missy was always much more, much more slutty. There I'm we, not, I'm go. not liking this look. I mean, I like it, but. Hey, don't, don't talk to me. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Now. You're good. Camera shot changed. And here he is, Hollywood John Tatum, who was brought up uh, the other day on Facebook to me, and I pointed out that's John Tatum. wasn't a cry. It wasn't a crybaby at this point. How long had she been in the business at this point? Uh, relatively young. Okay. Like this was world class was her first in ring appearance. Okay, but she had been around. You know, a bit longer. Scott Casey looks like a white version she, of a Guerrero. She was in more of a support role. Gotcha. Uh, Scott Casey had a good article in the Whatever Happened To's from Scott Teal, but I'm blanking on where he was trained. May have come out of Florida? Okay. May have come through the funks? I don't remember. So this is your main event uh, that they're showing right now. Oh, it's a TV main event? TV main event. Wait a minute. So we have another two hours to watch? No, not at all. This is it. This is the this is the last. This is the last one. Huh. This is the end. They saved this for the main event from Wrestling Star Wars. Fair enough. Well, I could also see them building up to the two-man main event of Lance against Kevin, and this is the filler at the end, send the right. people home happy. Of course, Sunshine has uh, Scott Casey... He's her friend at this point. Yeah. But, you know, they never, they never, I don't believe they ever intimated that they were anything more. Was she just kind of floating around at this time? She wasn't, Sunshine was kind of a ship without a, what's it, what's the term? Uh, she, well, she was a personality in the area. Yeah. Again, oh, we need a good, we need a baby face manager. Oh, let's get Sunshine. Uh, from what I understand, she was a cousin to Jimmy Garvin somehow. Okay. And then, um, like, after her run in world class, just kind of drifted off from the business. And that for years, that was the big question of whatever happened to Sunshine. Sunshine but sure. I think now it's been discovered and stuff like that. Not really going out, not doing any of the uh, legend circuits, none of that no. stuff. No, had a, had a good run, had a good time. Yeah. Of course, with the atmosphere in world class at this time, I wonder how much of, you know, I, I don't want to shit talk or anything but right. i wonder how much of the extracurricular she participated in along with everybody else because world class at this time was known for the place you could get your drugs at real real easy yeah i'd be interested too if uh world class or in the texas area um and this would be something uh to ask carmine about okay um is there the popularity as far as like the like in milwaukee we People like anyone I talk to, and they're like, "Oh, you do wrestling? No, oh, you remember the Crusher? Like, there's always that you know remembrance of like the regional wrestler that was right. great, or the AWA stuff." Now I wonder in Texas, does WCCW still hold a place in people's heart down there? Well, I think everybody of a certain age group would remember the Von Erichs. Yeah, but once you get below that age group, absolutely not. Right, because. Wrestling at this point still had a cachet, but like two, three years later, it, it it was nothing. Right. Like people, you know, people saw through the illusion. 
they moved on. Cowboy, uh, are we looking at Western boots on Scott Casey? Yes. Yes, we are. We have Western boots. Well, let's let's see. I don't he's know got what the white are. on white. I'm not seeing the. Uh, I'm not There's a high ridge on the sides. There's a high ridge on the sides, but I'm not seeing the tassels down by the boot. So this might be a variant. Scott Casey, always known as an innovator in boots. Well, I no, but I always remember him having his boots looked funny, like they were purposely too big and drapey or something like that. But no, looks doesn't. Like, yeah, interesting, uh, an interesting boot. But it looks like there's so, like a heel. Yeah, it looks it, like the cowboy, but they took off the strap on the sides. So we have we have a variant on the we have a um, western boot. Western boot. I'm happy with that. It's good to see one on the show. Yes. Speaking of boots. Um, you see uh, Carmine's thing today about uh, people wearing kick pads and more people wearing kick pads and uh, tennis shoes than boots. It was uh, a very nice debate going on online. No, I did not. I saw another wrestling personality. I know. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh. oh but remember at this point. Uh, that was a good cutoff. Yeah, it was only boys, boys, girls, girls. Right. Of course, Tatum able to. But see, that was done in a way that made sense to the match. I agree. The guy got over on the woman, but it wasn't necessarily violence against a woman. Right. That was interesting, though, that the baby-faced girl, Sunshine, powdered off because Missy Hyatt got the better of her. Did you think that w- that's interesting for them to do? Yes. Shouldn't the, yeah, because shouldn't the, the... Well, she should fight back, but... But are they claiming she that was because... Tripped. We'll see what happens if she's got... Because it was unfair advantage at yes. the start. <sighs> Missy Hyatt. She's got she, a set of biceps on her, doesn't she? Yes, absolutely. Although, yeah, still relatively natural biceps at this point. Hasn't yes. really done a lot of. You can tell by the way that the biceps the hang room. low. Well, they have nice curvature. Tosses off Tatum, who I always thought was a solid worker. I always liked John Tatum. Yeah. He kind of has the same haircut as Sunshine. (laughs) Sure enough. Oh, nice. Slapping him in the face. Trying to, at least. Let's see. This is, I want to point out here where Missy, even though she's relatively new, like had the instincts. Yeah, right. You know, all you you just had to tell her once and she was able to get in. Oh, Oh, geez. that, That was a tag. Wow, she really stuck it to uh, Tatum on that one on accident. There. That was great. Well, from what I understand, you know, <laughs> tit <laughs> hey. for tat there. Yeah. Yeah, I really, uh, Tatum's one of those guys I always liked. So oh, look at the crybaby face almost there. Yep, crybaby John Tatum. It's a great gimmick. And look Get at this, Missy there. taking control. Yeah, but that was always her thing. She was a spoiled little girl that wanted her own way. I think she may have been like tied into the Hyatt chain of hotels at the beginning. I'm not sure. Oh, but her real name is Melissa like Hyatt, H-I-A-T-T or something gotcha. like that. Um, the two horseshoe... Oh uh, yeah, I guess I guess those are Western boots, but Casey's always just look like a size too big around the ankles. I yeah, thought. oh you're right. 
Not John Tatum, though. Those are Bill Ash specials if I never saw them. Of course, I don't know what I'm talking about. Look at that. But nice. see, because it's boys, boys, girls, girls, she had to run over and pull Missy in. But now. Now she's going to get her. Boom, Look at that. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, come on, sunshine. Blowing up right away. Oh. Now, also, production-wise, the pacing, uh, not the pacing, but the uh, timeline here is a little weird. For them to show the trailer with, like, Sunshine, um, talking about the missing link, and Sunshine coming out earlier in the show to help the missing link, and you would almost feel that this match would lend itself to somehow the link to tie it all together would come out and help her. Um, but nothing. Oh, look at that. Well, the match isn't over yet. That's true. Yeah, I remember Scott Casey was just kind of taking up space at this point, but he was Sunshine's friend. Uh, solid worker, though. Yeah. You know, just another guy that, with the decline of the territory system with less places to work, just didn't understand. He later became a Whoa. gigolo in Las Vegas for really rich, rich women. Yes. Scott Casey. Yeah. God bless you. Here's Tatum taking out his frustration against running the flea market in his future, going against Scott Casey, <laughs> right. who became a paid companion. I'll show you, Shorty. Oh, little Look a little blown up there. Miscommunication there. Picks him up for the atomic drop. Boom. Oh, I hate that when they do the atomic drop, but don't go down the left knee. That's just lazy. Cameraman really... Holding on there. Eats the boot. Now, do you think that this, uh, was this sound edited to pipe in this cheering, or do you think this was legit? No, I think this was all legit. Um, World Class was also very heavily mic'd, like microphone under the ring, microphone in the corner, plus the parabolic mic. Sure. Plus Have you noticed that, Kyle, how loud this crowd was? Like, I mean, it's been like pretty fired up the whole time. Oh, there it goes. People are excited. They just open presents. They're and they're waiting for Missy's boobs to yeah, fall. Yeah, exactly. To like, come on, come on, just rip them, just rip them. No, never. What is that? What is it? Uh, Ooh, oh, really? low power slam there. Who's who? Look at uh, Rick Hazard has knee pads on underneath his pants. Yeah, and the pants are actually a little bit dirty. He has white pants on. Yeah. Oh, Sunshine oh. shaking it. Oh. Oh, it looked like he was supposed to catch himself there. Didn't quite get enough of it, but enough to... Oh, he was supposed to catch his throat. Yeah. Let's go to the finish. And that was your uh, your main event on this. But again, uh, sends the people home happy. Well, also on the show, uh, as noted, but they don't have it on here, not for TV... There was a uh, Bruiser Brody chain match. Oh. And, uh, oh, look at this. Missy Hyatt now laying into John Tatum. Very upset. And then also um, Inoki versus Steve Williams on the show. Ah. 
but then did not uh, put that on here. Now, here's an interesting thing. I don't know if the guy who did well, this video go ahead. put this on, but uh, he added an extra match, or they added just like a filler match for the end of the uh, show here, like just a quick, uh, I believe it's a Freebirds Von Erichs match. This is an add-on. This actually did not happen during Wrestling Star Wars, but there it is. You've got your, this might have been, uh, what do you think this might have been? Well, it looks well, almost I'm the, still, but it looks no, the same. Carrie's got boots on. No, nah, different crowd. Yeah, I think uh, this is just a little added special here. We're seeing this yeah, was this not on the show. Another reunion arena show. Was it on the card? Oh, it was on the card. Okay. Oh, so Carrie only didn't wear boots for his Cosmic Cowboys thing. Here, can let me take a look at this, Kyle. Thank you. I was going to grab my phone to look. So this was the this was the uh, main event was Carrie, Kevin, and Lance versus the Freebirds. Uh, before this was Bruiser Brody versus uh, One Man Gang in a chain match with uh, which uh, Bruiser Brody won. And uh, before that was the IWGP champ uh, Antonio Noki who pinned Steve Williams. So uh, this was the main main event. But look at notice they're editing it together for time. Also on the show, uh, noticeably missing was Tatsumi Fujinami uh, versus Bob Sweeten. Uh, yeah, you sent me that on the list. I would guess those matches were all paid for by the Japanese promotions, just so they could get footage of their people in front of big crowds in other countries. Yeah. Oh. Hayes blocked the discus punch there. Don't see that very often. No. Wow, wilted carry all the way to the floor. Huh. Really jacked him good. To yeah, it looks like, like it. That. To protect it all. But now Hayes telling now Hayes is still in his uh late twenties at this point. Really? Late twenties? Yeah. Wow. Uh, both started they were young. Like Hayes was twenty one and Gordy was like sixteen. Right, yeah, for sure. So they had enough time to become polished polished performers before that, but this is like right before Hayes' body decided to turn on him. Yeah. Because it's funny watching him in WCW where he's trying to do the the hot rock star moves, but he's got another like thirty pounds around. Oh, sure, section. right. It's like, ah, come on. What's up? Is there a good site or is there a good place to look at? I would love to see the timeline of WCCW because to me, it all blurs together. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sure you can find like a WCCW. There's got to be something. But now that all of that footage is controlled by Vince, it's real hard to... Right. I mean, I would just like to almost know... I, ooh, I'd like a year-by-year year talking, uh, like, who was there, who were, who worked the uh, for the company at what time, what hot angles there were. Because, again, like... No, I don't know of anything in Lance, that Lance, Steve Simpson, uh, Bundy, like, all this stuff just blurs together to me, and I feel like it was one time. Like, I just imagine it was... One magical time. Yes, yeah, like Pringle and uh, Skandar Akbar and Gary Hart all there. Tin Shack off Industrial Boulevard yeah, exactly. in Dallas, Texas. Exactly. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh, dragging his eyes on the rope. Ah. Very good. 
Again, Buddy Roberts able to keep the match going, doing exactly what he needs to. In a match like this, is there a ring general? Are there multiple ones when you have multiple uh, people in a tag match? Uh the heel team is still the heel team still controls the heat and or you know how how the match warms up uh i guess as far as a person i would say buddy roberts cuz he's the one that, that that's in there with the most experience out of out of everyone but it would still fall to the heel team to call the match and build the heat now that can come after we're going to do a bunch of these spots, but once we settle down, that's when we're going to start building the heat here. And that's where you'd see the ring generalship of Buddy telling guys when to come in, when to come out. And you know, and then the, the little flourishes that they would call to each other while they're in there. What is that? What is oh, that? Is the, oh, the side body lock there. Yeah. Which there. leads to the big schmaz. I feel like... Um, you knew this was going. You knew there's going to be a schmaz at some point. I mean, and even just going back to look at this on the second rope. But you know what this sets up for, right? The, yeah, there we go. Classic Buddy Roberts. Classic. Tied up in the ropes. Oh, by goes his, to by throw him off. Everybody's in the way. Runs around him. Ducks the head into the claw. claw right. Do you feel uh, one schmaz a match? I feel like that Missy Hyatt match had like six of them in there. It uh, depends on how the booking goes, but here comes the finish. Whoa. Oh. Boom. Oh, no. Rolls Michael Hayes through. moved out of the way. One shoeless man on top of another. Oh, the spike. The Asiatic spike. Love that move. Uh, it's very subtle, though. People yeah. today don't get it unless they... Uh, that was the advantage of having TV because they could do something weird and have the announcer go, oh, that's the Asiatic spike, and then people know to look for it as opposed to... Did they do blood from the mouth for that one? I, Possibly, not, no. Not here, I don't he think. He taped, and for a while, too, he taped up his thumb, didn't he? Like, yeah. Made it like real stiff looking. Yeah. What I like about these matches, too, with the no, Freebirds and Von Erics, the new guy, yeah. It's... Uh, Everybody's getting as good as they're given. You know right. what I mean? Like everybody, like again, a bunch of you know, relatively young guys working together as opposed to I'm working some guy that's twenty years my right. senior. Right. An illegitimate brawl. Oh, there was a mistake. And oh, Naga knocker. Oh, and we're gonna send him home happy on Christmas. <laughs> Send him home happy on Christmas night with a small package. Christmas pack. A Christmas package, a small Christmas package. Uh, but then that's very strange because... And did they just go back to <laughs> that match? And then for some reason they cut back. Anyhow, guys, that was Christmas Star Wars right there. A match heavily edited at the end there, as we saw. Um, overall, the, the crowd was hot the whole night. Would yes. you agree? Yeah, eighty-five uh, world class was still. It hadn't hadn't hit its big fall yet. Kerry hadn't had his uh, car, his motorcycle accident yet. Right. Um, and that was a big deal because he was out, but the promotion never wanted to let 
people know when he was going to be back because they were afraid if we say, oh, it's going to be two years before he's back, then those people would wait two years before trying to watch again, and then everything would have changed. So it was always, he'll be back in a month, he'll be back in two months, he'll be back in another month, oh, it's going to be three months, you know. Yeah, that's, um, uh, the crowd, a lot of women, a lot of girls, young girls there, screaming their heads off, getting autographs signed. Uh, They definitely had something great. Uh, I miss those days. I used to love watching WCCW on sure. television here. Um, do you like it a lot? Well, I mean, when you, that was one of your uh, leagues that you like to watch when you had yeah, a chance to? Yeah, when it to. was on TV, I believe uh, in Janesville, it did come on Channel 18. Yeah, same here. Uh, but it was like 10 o'clock Saturday, so yep. there was like a big change between SNL, and then there was a big problem when a Saturday night's main event was on. Sure, right, right. Yeah, that's... Um, but I, it, it's okay to me. It, it, looking at it now, I can see how it's a, it's basically a regional thing that's built around these these couple names, right? And the booking, uh, the booking varies between simplistic and intricate, right? And it's those intricate angles that I really want to dig into because I've always wanted, to, like, I would love a four hour how to book series with Eddie Graham. Sure, yeah, you know, just like. Tell me about the details. Tell me what you have to look at and why you have to look at them. Yeah, that uh, that would be pretty cool. I, I mean, you can see the small things that they did in the, uh, just the way the whole show was set up that made it special for the crowd on that night. Um, feels like yesterday, doesn't it, to you? I mean, does it feel? I mean, it, it's so long ago, but it doesn't feel that. You know what I'm saying? Feels like yesterday, but doesn't feel well, like Well, I yesterday. mean, I, like, I know it. Like, it's like 30-some, 40, you know, it's a long well, it's time ago. stuff. I've also been watching a lot of World Class lately, so I'm not surprised. You know what they say. What's that? Time flies like an arrow, but fruit flies like a banana. Right? Happy holidays. Yeah, man. hey, ladies and gentlemen, happy holidays. Thank you for listening to this very special Christmas episode of Cigars and Conversation with Derek St. Holmes. Esquire, I'm your co-host, Jay Gilkay. We want to thank Astro Radio Z and uh, iTunes for putting us on. Of course, remember, rate, review, uh, recommend us to your friends. Uh, We will be back in the new year with lots of great topics. If you have any topics, feel free. Let us know. Got a wrestling card you want us to riff off of again? Let us know. That'd be awesome. I had a great time tonight, uh, and this was our Christmas present to you. Kyle, thank you for the hot chocolate and uh, all things um, Christmas in your house. And we will see everybody next time. See you next year. Friday, blast off to a galaxy far, far away. It's the Star Wars Holiday Special, starring all your Star Wars favorites. Will Chewbacca get home to his planet in time for the big Wookiee holiday celebration? Watch and find out. Then on Flying High, the girls put it on and take it off. You know what? What? I don't think either one of us is going to get much sleep tonight. Join us for a far-out Friday, beginning at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. You're on. Tomorrow on CBS.